Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. It has been an eventful 21 hours since we last spoke. Welcome to Sports Talk Mississippi, Friday edition of the show, the 19th of June. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad on this Friday afternoon. Thanks for being with us. We'll tell you right out of the gate, the C Spire text line is open. It's still a little warm after the fire that came through it yesterday. 601-879-4395 is the number for you to jump in and be a part of the conversation, and we want you to do that. If you're ready for a better phone, C Spire is here to help. Get up to $700 off top smartphones online when you trade in a device and add a new line. Plus, find options like free same-day delivery and curbside pickup in select locations. You can shop now at cspire.com. So thank you for being with us this afternoon. We've got a a busy afternoon coming up with you. About 15 minutes from right now, Dr. Mark Keenum, the president uh, president of Mississippi State, will join us. And uh, a little after 5 o'clock, we'll be joined by the Speaker of the House, uh, Philip Gunn, uh, as well. Obviously, the, uh, the lion's share of the conversation will be on the news that has dominated the last 21 hours in the state of Mississippi, and that is the flag of the state of Mississippi. Brian Haydad, I know this is exciting to you. You ever seen one of these before? It's called a, it's called a migraine stick. You just, you just yeah. rub it right on your head. You just, you just rub it. like It's like it's chapstick for your head, right? So if you have a headache, you say, I don't have a headache. I'm just preparing. I've never seen one of those before. Are you someone that suffers from migraines? I have headaches every now and then, yeah. Okay. So you so, think you I'm, I'm, just, I'm preventative today. Yeah. There you go. Well, way to uh, be ahead of, the, uh, uh, ahead of the curve. I see that you were uh, in gift form strapping up and getting ready for the show this afternoon. I'm ready, man. Listen to some Metallica. So just like I, just like in the old days when I was in the locker room, getting ready to go on the field. Same same sort of mentality. Borky, what's up? I, I spent the day getting ready for this show as well. I think I have spent more time thinking about these next three hours than any three hours we've done previously. Let's run through a little bit of a timeline. So we finished the show yesterday at six. And I will be the first to tell you that this radio show is not heavy lifting in terms, like in comparison to working a construction job or working outdoors in 100 degree heat. But there's some times where it's almost mentally taxing. Like like you get through the end of it and you just go, (sighs) so (laughs) as soon as the show ended yesterday, I just kind of checked out mentally for a little while. Went downstairs loaded Jane and the kids up. We took the kids to the golf course, kind of let them play three or four holes, and I looked down about 7.30, and I saw that about an hour prior I had gotten a text from Brian Haydad. He says, 
well, you're seeming fairly prescient. And I said, what are you talking about? I completely have unplugged for the last little while. And then I saw the, uh, the first tweet that came down. So let's kind of walk through the timeline of, uh, of what we've gotten over the last 21 hours. And it really started about 6.30 last night, right after uh, about half an hour after our show ended. And maybe even backing up a little bit farther, I've been thinking about this conversation all week. The flag conversation that was going to be inevitable here in the state of Mississippi. And I intentionally sat on it for a couple of days. Do we really want to go down this road? Do we really want to go down this road? And we really didn't even plan to go down that road yesterday until Haydad asked me what I think at the time was, he thought, a fairly innocuous question that turned into two of the three hours yesterday talking if about the I flag in the state of Mississippi. turn back time. Go ahead. Yeah. But it turned out to be incredibly timely. Because when we finished yesterday, shortly after the show ended, there was a statement from the Southeastern Conference via the Commissioner Greg Sankey. Here's what it said, just in case you've missed any of this. It is past time for change to be made to the flag of the state of Mississippi. Our students deserve an opportunity to learn and compete in environments that are inclusive and welcoming to all. In the event there is no change, there will be consideration of precluding Southeastern Conference championship events from being conducted in the state of Mississippi until the state flag is changed. Greg Sankey, SEC Commissioner. So that was the first kind of pressure that was applied to the state of Mississippi from an outside force, if you will, that has some pretty significant clout. But it was just, it was pressure. It wasn't all out assault. It's really kind of a weak threat, to be honest. I mean, what are we talking about? Not getting a men's tennis or a... uh, a, The best case scenario is you get the softball tournament. Yeah. Softball, There's no facilities in the state for SEC basketball or SEC women's basketball. Certainly the uh, the baseball tournament's not moving from Hoover anytime soon. Yeah, track, cross country. So, I mean, you were talking about non-revenue sports, which are generally hosted on college campuses, SEC campuses, not being allowed to come. I think it was an opening salvo, though, from the SEC. And I think, as I said a second ago, it was some gentle pressure, but it was almost more of a symbolic statement that came from the league office. You got responses from Ole Miss and Mississippi State. I think uh, John Cohen was the the first statement that came out. His said, we are disappointed that our student-athletes and coaches will potentially be affected by something outside of their control. At the same time, we understand and support Commissioner Greg Sankey's stance on the flag of the state of Mississippi. Mississippi State University is proud to be among the most diverse universities in the SEC. Alongside our university leadership, we aim to continue our support for changing the state flag, which should unite us, not divide us. And you got a response from Ole Miss as well. This was from... It was a joint statement from the Chancellor, Dr. Glenn Boyce, and the Athletics Director, Keith Carter. It said the University of Mississippi community concluded years ago that the Confederate battle flag did not represent many of our core values, such as civility and respect for others. In 2015, the university stopped flying the state flag over our campus. Mississippi needs a flag that represents the qualities that our, uh, about our state that unite us, not those that still divide us. 
We support the SEC's position for changing the Mississippi State flag to an image that is more welcoming and inclusive for all people. So that was on the Ole Miss and Mississippi State and SEC side of things. Then you got a little more innocuous statement, but a statement nonetheless from Conference USA. Judy McLeod is the commissioner of Conference USA. She put, posted this, Along with many of you, we have been listening, sharing, and learning over the past few weeks. We have heard the concerns regarding the homage paid to symbols and individuals that represent horrific injustices of the past, providing non-discriminatory, welcoming, and respectful championship experiences for all of our student-athletes is paramount. Today, our board of directors pledges to conduct a process to review our championships hosting policies in order to ensure we provide environments that align with our continued mission to support and protect our student-athletes. Why is this relevant? It is relevant because Southern Miss is the host of the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Well, kind of. It's an hour south of them. Biloxi is the host of the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. And that happens at, uh, at MGM Park on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And then today, well, backing up one more item, Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated wrote a column that added the fact that there's an NCAA group working to change their rules on postseason competition. And then today you got a bombshell from the NCAA. They released a statement that said the NCAA Board of Governors has expanded the association's Confederate flag policy to prevent any NCAA championship events from being played in states where the symbol has a prominent presence. The policy previously barred the awarding of sites determined in advance of a championship in states that display the Confederate flag. However, if a college or university team earned the right to host a championship game based on its tournament seating or ranking considered a non-predetermined award, the team could host on its college campus or in its home territory. Mississippi is the only state currently affected by the association's policy. And that was the haymaker in terms of sports. Because that precludes Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Mississippi, Delta State, and others who are NCAA Division members from hosting postseason events that they would previously have been allowed to host based on merit, which means, more specifically and most importantly to our state and most of our listeners, no baseball regionals, no baseball super regionals, no softball regionals, no first or second round soccer NCAA tournament matches, and no early round volleyball matches in the event that teams earn the right to host. And so that is where we are. Look forward to, in the 5 o'clock hour, talking with Speaker Gunn about the legislative implication of this. And we look forward coming up next on the Farm Bureau phone line to visiting with Mississippi State's President, Dr. Mark Keenum, who has been working very, very hard behind the scenes, not just in the last 24 hours, but for an extended period of time, to try and bring change to the state flag. We'll talk to him next on Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome again to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. We go right now to the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Pleased to be joined 
by the president of Mississippi State University, Dr. Mark Keenum. In addition to being president at Mississippi State, he has served in a number of leadership positions within the Southeastern Conference and is chair of the board of managers for the college football playoff. I tell you that only uh, to let you know that he is uh, extremely respected by his peers, not just in the Southeastern Conference, but across the country. Dr. Keenum, really appreciate your time. I know this has been an extremely busy day, and uh, it's kind of you to carve out a few minutes for us this afternoon. Well, Richard, thank you for allowing me to come on your program this afternoon, you and Brian and, and Michael. I uh, greatly appreciate it. All right, let, let's rewind um, uh, just a little less than 24 hours. The, uh, the announcement comes down from the Southeastern Conference from Commissioner Greg Sankey, uh, about the uh, preclusion of postseason events being hosted by schools in Mississippi. And let's just kind of start there. Your reaction to that news yesterday, were you surprised by it? Did you anticipate that this was coming? Well, I had been given a heads up by the commissioner. He reached out and talked to both myself and Chancellor uh, Glenn Boyce and informed us that he had come to this decision. Uh, we had a conference call with all the other presidents and chancellors of the SEC uh, yesterday uh, afternoon, and he informed all of us of what his decision was. And it's really been weighing on the commissioner. It's something that he feels like it's time, I think, as he said in his statement, for Mississippi to make a change in our in our flag. And, you know, he, he probably could have come out stronger than he did. Uh, he has given a lot of... Uh, like I said, consideration to this important issue. And he did put us on notice. I was listening briefly to your comments earlier, and he, he pretty much put us, uh, State and Ole Miss, on notice that unless there is a change forthcoming relatively soon, that we'll lose our ability to host uh, SEC postseason tournaments. Primarily, we're talking, you know, uh, softball, uh, our spring sports, uh, tennis. Uh, but the big one is track and field. Uh, a lot of athletes, a lot of family members, a lot of fans attend uh, track and field meet. It brings a lot of revenues into our community, into our state. Uh, so that that was pretty much on notice. But just the black eye of the SEC taking an action like that against the state of Ole Miss and the state of Mississippi uh, is very serious. And then, of course, we saw what happened this morning with the NCAA Board of Governors. And that was uh, the real serious blow to uh, athletics in the entire state. Uh, that decision by the Board of Governors applies not only to state Ole Miss Southern, but all of our IHL institutions, all of the private schools in Mississippi, uh, no, no postseason play. And that's, I was listening to you describe who would be impacted, and you failed to mention women's basketball. Uh, our women's basketball team has yes, hosted for the last four years NCAA basketball tournament on our campus, and that's huge for Mississippi State, for our team, and for our players. And and it's just really, I'm sad for our student athletes, and I'm also sad for all of our fans. When you've got two of the finest, most I think beautiful college baseball stadiums in the nation. And we can't showcase those facilities in postseason play. And I'll tell you, our Mississippi schools in Division One have a very good propensity for doing well in college baseball. And I'm really sad for our fans, our schools, our students, and especially our student athletes. Dr. Keenum, I'm, I'm curious how 
you would would couch the issue that we're dealing with. You uh, you mentioned Ole Miss a number of times. The leadership at, at the University of Mississippi, your leadership at Mississippi State, have been vocal for a number of years now that the state flag needs to change. As you approach this and and try to work with the legislature to get something done here, do you look at this as a perception issue? Is it an economic issue? Is it a uh, social justice issue? Is it just a overall human respect issue? How, how do you kind of couch what we're looking at? Richard, I would say all of the above. Everything you described, roll it all up, it's time, it's past time, and uh, it is an image uh, that uh, has been, unfortunately, uh, many say co-opt, if you will, and it is viewed globally as a symbol of hate. And I know others view it differently, and I respect that. I do respect that. But so many of the people around the world, when they see that, they see racism, they see hate, uh, they see supremacy of one race over another, suppression of a race. And I don't, personally, I don't feel that I want that as my symbol for who I am as a Mississippian. Uh, that's not who we are as a state. We're a great state full of great people. And we have so many good things to be proud of as, as a state of Mississippi that I am immensely proud of. But a lot of people in this country and around the world, they can't get past that symbol when they think about Mississippi. And it impacts us from an economic standpoint and our businesses and attracting industries and attracting students and even attracting student athletes to participate on our sporting team. So it is time for us to step up and make a change and, and I have been doing my best to talk with our leaders and explain a lot of this. And, and there's a lot of sympathy and empathy. And, and we've got good leaders. And I know and I have confidence that we'll find a way to move together to come up with a solution to this in a positive way. Dr. Keenum, you pointed out a second ago that there are varying opinions on this. And I, I think I said the exact same thing yesterday that you said. I, I respect varying opinions, e even if mine yeah. doesn't align with the, the dissenting opinions here. But there are a lot of people that are for the idea of changing the flag because it's just time and for all the right reasons. So for fans of Mississippi State, and, and more broadly, fans of all the IHL institutions in the state of Mississippi, what role can, can people play that want to see this change and want to see it happen quickly? Well, I mean, we have a process, and I know that people talk about the legislative process or a referendum. Uh, I know there was a referendum 19 years ago. Uh, that was a long time ago. And many uh, uh, millennials who were in their 20s and 30s, you know, they were either not born or, or young or teenagers then. And, and, the, and the perception and attitudes change over a generation. And we're talking about a generation. Uh, I do think and I hope that we can make a, a decision through the legislative process that's where I firmly believe it ought to be resolved. Um, and I think just people who are concerned about it for our state's future, for my children and my grandchildren and all of our, our future generations, to voice their interest and desire for us to come together and, and support something that can be uniting and not something that is so dividing. And, and unfortunately, we're about to have to pay a pretty significant price just in the athletic realm uh, because of the symbol that we have. And that, 
uh, again, as I just stated earlier, has some tremendous consequences for us, our schools, our reputation, uh, the economic impact, and it's just it's time for a change. And I just hope people just to, to let their elected representatives know how they feel about this. Dr. Kim, last thing for you. We've got a, about a minute and a half left. Uh, we've gotten a number of text messages on the on the ceasefire text line, and I, I've seen this in various other social media channels where people are saying, how dare the SEC and the NCAA come into our state and tell us what to do? We won't be bullied by Greg Sankey, or we won't be bullied um, by Mark Emmert, the uh, president of the NCAA. I think maybe we've lost our connection with Dr. Keenum. I just was kind of curious how he would respond to, uh, to some of those statements and may not be able to, uh, to get that answer from him right now. Certainly appreciate uh, just a couple of minutes of time with uh, Dr. Keenum this afternoon. Uh, Dr. Keenum, just with a, a minute and a half or so left, how would you respond to the uh, the statements of people that are saying, well, we're not going to be bullied by Greg Sankey. We're not going to be bullied by Mark Emmert. How dare they come in and tell us what to do? I don't, I don't think anyone is bullying anyone. I think that the issue has arisen, especially with all that we were witnessing across the nation, uh, with the social unrest, racial injustice, uh, the time is now, and it's time for organizations like the Southeastern Conference and like the NCAA to, to, to stand up and, and say, Mississippi, is time. If you're going to participate in these organizations and your student-athletes compete, it's time for you to, to make a change and, and get this symbol out of your state. It's not fair to the student-athletes who are required to come to your state, to the fans and visitors of your state. And many can argue against that, just like you re- you, you referenced. But I don't I don't view it as them trying to bully our state at all. I think they're trying to send a message that it's not going to be tolerated and accepted going forward. Dr. Keenum, I know it's been a busy day for you with a lot going on. I really appreciate you uh, carving out a few minutes to uh, visit with us this afternoon, and uh, appreciate your insight. It's my honor. Thank you, Richard. That's Dr. Mark Keenum, president of Mississippi State University. Mentioned he's also the chair of the board of managers for the college football playoff committee. Certainly involved uh, in not only the academic side of things, uh, but athletics at a really high level as well. He joined us on the Farm Bureau phone line. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll be back with you. More Sports Talk Mississippi after this. You never drink alone down there. Good guy. Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad on this Friday afternoon. Appreciate Dr. Mark Keenan, president at Mississippi State, joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. He did not mince words. He did not beat around the bush. He did not hide his feelings or his emotions. He was incredibly straightforward and said, it is time for a change. He said it's past time for, uh, for a change. He outlined... Uh, the economic reasons, the competitive reasons uh, in terms of on the field. Uh, he talked about uh, the ability to attract students to the universities in the state of Mississippi and uh, a bunch of other things. If you missed any of that, you can always go back and get it on the uh, Sports Talk Mississippi podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Dad, your reaction to what Dr. Keenum had to say? No surprise. I mean, he's been pretty outspoken about this. 
uh, throughout. I don't think it's any surprise, judging by the speed of which State and Ole Miss put their statements out last night, that they had some idea that that was coming, uh, coming down the road. Uh, and, of course, you know, he, he and, and, and Chancellor uh, Glenn Boyce have got to be concerned right now because millions of dollars are at stake for their universities and for the cities their universities are in. We've been talking about the lack of sports and how it hurts these towns. I mean, Starkville and Oxford, you know, their businesses up there, they budget to have sp- baseball series there, you know, in, in June, to have those regionals and super regionals. Uh, Mississippi State, you know, like he said, with women's basketball, they plan to have that stuff. Businesses depend on that on those fans coming in. So if they can't have those things, that's that's a lot of money they're going to lose. And going back to what you said in the first segment, this 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 thing from the SEC is just a it's a, it's a warning shot. That's all it is. It's a shot across the bow. There are bigger and and far, more far-reaching consequences the SEC can dole out. And they, they I think they're they're serious. They're not they're not playing around anymore. They want yeah. this flag to change. It's going to have to change. Well, and, and I was fascinated to hear that Dr. Keenum said the chancellor, or excuse me, the uh, the commissioner, uh, Greg Sankey, reached out to him, said this is coming, and then there was a conference call with all 14 presidents or chancellors of Southeastern Conference's universities. And Dr. Keenum and Dr. Boyce had to sit there on that call and listen to all of their colleagues sign off on the idea of there will be no more postseason events in your state under the SEC banner as long as you're flying the flag as it exists right now. And, and as some would point out, neither Ole Miss nor Mississippi State nor Southern Miss fly the state flag of Mississippi on their campuses. At least I, I think that's the case. We, we've talked about that in the case. past. Every state public university. And USM, yeah. None of them do. Uh, and, and it may be more than that. I mean, there, there may be uh, other IHL schools in, within it's the, every single you know, the one boundaries of, of the Every state. public okay, university. So, okay. So, uh, so there, you, you've got that. Um, look, the, the, the issues here are not related to the universities and whether or not they're in support of changing the flag. They are. And you know, the worst piece of this, without question, and sometimes... We and certainly others bandy about the term student uh, student athletes, and we kind of kind of snicker when we say that phrase. But but these young men and young women who are living out their dreams, some of them have dreams beyond just being college athletes. Maybe all of them have dreams beyond just being college athletes. But part of the dream, uh, part of the process of getting to whatever that ultimate dream is whether it's to get to the NBA or the WNBA or Major League Baseball or the NFL or become a professional golfer, whatever it is, part of that process is being a college athlete. And then for some, it it is the pinnacle. Being a college athlete is where it's going to end one day, their athletic pursuits are, and then they're going to go be part of... But they're the ones who are, are putting in all the work and, and some have pointed out on the, the C Spire text line, by the way, you can text the show, 601-879-4395, that, you know, why are you punishing the student-athletes in the universities who have very publicly and openly said, we're not for the flag? I had someone give me this analogy earlier today. And I don't know if it's a perfect analogy, but as a parent or as a teacher... You can say to 
your son or your daughter or your student, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And at some point you have to stop saying, don't do that, and you have to punish them. You have to make them accountable for doing what it is that you have asked them not to do. The SEC and the NCAA have made it very clear in the past that they support a change of the flag and have continued to tell the universities in the state, you got to make a change. you got to make a change. Well, we've done all we can do. Well, but the, the flag is still there. And at some point, you have to impose some sort of punishment. Make it more real, not just make it rhetoric, not just make it a suggestion, not just make it conjecture, but make it real. And the SEC took its first step toward making it real, and the NCAA took a giant leap toward making it real in terms of punishment yesterday and today, respectively. And, and to go a step further with that, Richard, that analogy, you know, how many times were you in school and you weren't doing anything wrong? You're just sitting there quietly doing your work, but somebody else in the back of the class won't shut their mouth, so the teacher punishes the whole class. The student-athletes are, the, are, the, are doing right here. Other people are not. Hence, everybody's going to have to be punished. And my wife tells me I take analogies too far sometimes, so forgive me if I'm doing that right now, but let's stick with, with this line of thinking. You're doing something wrong, and you get caught. And there's somebody else that's also doing something wrong, but they don't get called out for it, or they don't get caught. Right. I know where you're going, yeah. And, and your immediate reaction is, but they're doing it too. And that's the reaction that you're getting with regard to the state of Georgia, yeah. who is flying a hybrid version of the flag of the Confederacy. Not a battle flag, but the flag that flew over the Confederate state capitol. Georgia's official state flag, until I think 2003, was the flag of the Confederacy. They were pressured into changing it, and so what they did is they stuck their state seal in the cannon. The upper left-hand corner, the upper left-hand square of their flag, they stuck the state seal. So, in essence, they're still flying the flag of the Confederacy, it's just a slightly altered version. And so many people have said, well, why are we getting called out for it when Georgia gets called out for it? The answer is simple. You may not like the answer, but the answer is simple. People don't look at that flag, which is, as we said, a hybrid version of the former flag of the Confederacy, and go, that's racist. That's a symbol of hate. And it's because there's not as much education and there's not as much history. But that's the reason the Mississippi flag is the target. It's because the and we talked. I talked about this yesterday, so very much, and it and it really bothered some people how I phrased it. But I'm not backing off of what I said. It's the symbol in the canon of the Mississippi flag. It's not the red, white, and blue stripe. It's the crossed navy blue bars trimmed in white with the field of red with the thirteen stars what is colloquially called the Confederate flag that is part of the flag, and that is the symbol that we talked about for so many groups represents hate and bigotry and oppression and all the things that Dr. Keenum outlined just a little while ago. So that's the reason there's a difference. You can argue that the same standard should be applied to the state of Georgia, and I think it's a reasonable argument. There's no fallacy in that argument. But if you want to know why it is Mississippi that is being, air quotes here, picked on and not Georgia, that's the reason. That's the answer. That's why. And it's, I, I don't know how to spell it out any, 
any more clearly than I just did. That's the reason that Mississippi is being picked on, if that's the word you want to use to describe it. Let me go to the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Opinions all over the place. Paula says, I despise the NCAA, but since they are now blackmailing college baseball, it's time to make a change. Okay, that's what Paula needed to get on board. Mike in Oxford says, I think it's time for the flag to change, and I'm even okay with the SEC and NCAA exerting pressure to bring about that change. What I'm not okay with is the failure to apply the same standards to other states. Yes, Mississippi has the Confederate battle flag as a prominent component of its state flag. It shouldn't be part of our state flag, and not just because it's been co-opted by nefarious groups. Georgia is using the official flag of the Confederacy with the state steel superimposed on it, as we were just talking about a second ago. It's a very fair and reasonable point, Mike. But you also outline why there's a difference. Um, got a message that said, Conference USA Baseball Tournament no longer held at Shuckers Park will be at Louisiana Tech next year. Yeah, but the ability to come back is gone. Yeah, exactly. And it was a massive success, by the way. Uh, Stewart says, it shouldn't matter how you feel about the flag. The abuse of power from the NCAA and SEC is nauseating. Why punish universities that don't fly the flag and have no power to change it? This makes me want to keep the flag even more. I think the NCAA and the SEC are saying, you do have power. You have to go exert that power. You have to figure out a way to get it done. And this has fallen in the laps of Dr. Mark Keenum and Dr. Rodney Bennett at Southern Miss and Dr. Glenn Boyce at the University of Mississippi, and the other leaders at the IHL level. By the way, they've denounced the flag. Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, has said it's time for a change. We're going to talk with him later this afternoon. So perhaps it's time for a message to the politicians, the elected officials in the state of Mississippi. We'll get to that idea next. Thomas and Greenwood says, I can't help but believe the flag was well on its way to being changed, but the last 24 hours crippled it. How many legislators are going to fall on their swords over it now that the SEC and NCAA upped the ante? Thomas, I believe the flag was slash is eventually going to be changed. But it was not going to happen in this legislative cycle. There were some behind-the-scenes machinations that had happened that basically put the, any, any bills related to the flag uh, in a point where it wasn't going to get out of committee and it wasn't going to get to the floor. And I will say this to you as well. I've been doing a lot of digging. I've talked to three, four, at least three elected officials in the state of Mississippi today. And I'll just give you the process. Here's the process. As it stands right now, the legislature is scheduled to sign-die, I believe is the, uh, is the term, shut down for the year next Friday. And because they're so late into the legislative session, which obviously has been extended because of COVID-19 and, and others, um, it would take a procedural motion that would require a two-thirds majority in both the House and the Senate to start things off. And that procedural motion would be to suspend the rules that would allow a new bill to be introduced. 
So you'd have to start out by getting two-thirds of the House and the Senate to suspend the existing rules on a procedural basis so that you can bring a new bill to the floor. And then the bill would have to be passed by a majority in both the House and the Senate, and it would then be sent to the governor's desk to be signed into law. At that point, if the governor signs it into law, it is law. If the governor chooses to veto the bill, which was passed by a majority of the Senate and the House, then it could potentially go back to the Senate and the House, where it would then take a two-thirds majority to override the governor's veto. What does that all mean? It means the two-thirds of the Senate and the House that voted on the procedural change to allow a bill to come to the floor would have to, every single one of them, also vote to override the governor's veto if it were to end up coming back. It's a tall hill to climb in an extremely short period of time. There are varying levels of confidence from, well, it's got a chance, to I don't see any way this happens, coming from elected officials in Mississippi. And that's one of the things that we're going to ask Speaker Gunn when we talk with him in the, in the 5 o'clock hour. What's the likelihood of this actually getting done? I think, and, and I've had multiple people, elected officials, people that work with elected officials, and people that are involved in an ancillary way with politics in the state of Mississippi, say to me, there's a difference in being for a bill or against a bill, personally, and then voting for it or against it. It's not the same thing, because your name is then attached to it. And here would be my, my question and my challenge to legislators in Mississippi. Why did you seek public office in the first place? Was it to gain power? Was it for prestige? Was it simply so you could win and then try to get elected again? Was it as a stepping stone to a higher office in government that you wanted? Or was it to do what is good and right and best for the state of Mississippi? And if the answer is, oh, you just did it to get reelected or you're using it as a stepping stone, then I would understand why you would vote against this measure. If you were doing it for what is best for the state of Mississippi, you ran for public office because you felt a calling to try to help lead the state, then I don't see how you would vote against it. It's just me. And again, this is my opinion. I, I recognize that I have a large platform because I'm sitting behind this microphone. I think I said that yesterday, and that's why I'm trying to read as many text messages as we possibly can. There's a little bit of sports news that we're going to get to uh, beyond this. majority of the show is going to be this today. And it's because what, it's what everybody's talking about. It's what coaches are talking about. It's what athletes are talking about. It's what fans are talking about. It's what legislators are talking about. It's what business owners are talking about. This is the biggest story, bar none, in the state of Mississippi, and that's why we're talking about it. 
One hour in the books, four o'clock hour coming up next after the news. Sports. Of my you. I believe that down on the beach. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi as we roll into the four o'clock hour on this Friday. Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. Upgrade your Anywhere office with Microsoft Teams from Ceasefire Business. Their experts can equip your organization to chat, meet, call, and collaborate from anywhere on one easy-to-use platform. Find the right plan for you at ceasefire.com slash business. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. I had this sent to me, and I had missed this earlier in the week. On Wednesday of this week, so it was uh, June 17th, the Delta Council, which is um, an organization that, it's, an, it's I'm not sure the best way to describe Delta Council. It, it's an organization that's made up of uh, business leaders, uh, farmers, and that community in the Mississippi Delta. And their charge is to uh, do all that they can politically and otherwise to help the Mississippi Delta uh, through trying to attract new business and working uh, with the agricultural industry and being a liaison and a lobbying agency uh, between both the federal and state levels and the, the agricultural community in the Mississippi. Uh, I'm sorry, in the Mississippi Delta. I think this is a really big deal. A news release from Delta Council that came from their executive committee earlier this week week on Wednesday. In a decision this afternoon, the Delta Council Executive Committee adopted the following resolution without any dissent. Delta Council expresses its support for the adoption of a new State of Mississippi flag, a timely and an important message that would help the economy and reputation of the state. The current flag, regardless of intentions, is harmful to the state's image because its symbolism may send the wrong message to many Mississippians as well as those who might otherwise make investments in our state. Delta Council asks the legislature to take action on changing the flag just as it did in 1894 when it adopted the current flag to a different design as expeditiously as possible. You, you may or may not know anything or a lot about Delta Council, but politically in the state, that's a big deal. It's a really big deal. And I just thought I'd pass that along to you. I had not seen that news. I had someone uh, send that to me uh, just a little while ago. Do we press pause on this for a second and hit a couple of other uh, stories that are out there? By all means. The PGA Tour has had its first positive test for COVID-19. Nick Watney became the first player on the PGA Tour to test positive for coronavirus. He withdrew from the RBC Heritage before his Friday afternoon tee time. 39-year-old five-time winner on the PGA Tour indicated before arriving at Harbortown Golf Club that he had symptoms consistent with the virus. He consulted with a physician, was given a COVID-19 test, and found to be positive according to a PGA Tour release. Here's the interesting piece. According to the Tour, a total of 369 players, caddies, and essential personnel underwent on-site testing prior to the start of the tournament with no positive results. 
There had been 954 such tests over the first two weeks of the tour's restart following the 13-week pandemic shutdown without a positive result. So number 955 was the one. Sporky, what's the tour doing? Well, they are isolating him, although they there's a little bit of misinformation out there. So they they said initially, or the reporting initially, was that he exhibited symptoms uh, last night into this morning and started isolating right away, but that's not exactly the case. He was on the practice tee this morning. Uh, got to the tee box, uh, looked at his phone, and then walked off the practice tee and then went into isolation after his withdrawal. So there's um, a little bit of, I don't know if it's just inaccurate or, or misinformation out there, but they're isolating him and they're going to test people around him. And if there's not a significant outbreak, he withdraws, they move on. The The really good thing about, this isn't a good thing, but a, a nice element to this is that he did not fly on the team plane. And, and as you guys have probably figured out by now. The uh, team plane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well said. It, it can linger around for a while. But he was not on that plane. So that, that really helps the lack of a potential spread because he was not in that tight little tube in the sky with everybody else. So, Yeah. He flew private and flew into Hilton Head and then was tested earlier in the week. Leaderboard currently, Webb Simpson has shot a pair of 65s. He's 12 under after a second consecutive six under par round. Bryson DeChambeau. Shot 67 yesterday, followed it up with a 64 today. Get used to seeing his name at the top of the leaderboard. I, I don't know if it's sustainable, but you know, with, with how bulky he is, but he is playing at an incredible level, and he is bludgeoning golf courses right now. It's a different type of golf. He's 11 under par, one shot off the lead. Corey Connors also at 11 under, one shot off. Uh, Ryan Palmer is minus 10. Abraham Answer is playing well once again this week. The, uh, the Spaniard... Um, Wait. Can't re- that may be the flag of Mexico. Hmm. Is it yellow? No, green, white, and red. No, that's Mexico. That's Mexico. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. He's, uh, he's from Mexico. Second consecutive week that uh, he is at or near the top of the leaderboard after a couple of rounds. So playing good golf. Uh, Brooks Kepka shoots 66 today. He's nine under par, three shots off the lead. Uh, DJ, second round in the 60, 68-66. He is at eight under and is four shots back. So uh, another good leaderboard uh, in week two of the PGA Tour and uh, obviously the uh, withdrawal from uh, Nick Watney after testing positive for COVID-19. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Bryson. He's he's going to be a story moving forward. I just wish he wasn't who he was. Uh, the, the ninth hole is... Um, <laughs> Ninth hole's a drivable par four for very few guys. It's 334, or at least that's what it was playing yesterday. And most guys, it's a really weird green. It's a U-shape. More like a V, because it kind of comes to a point. And in the middle of the V, if you will, are a series of bunkers. So if you hit it on the left side of the green and the pin's on the right, you have to chip over the bunkers to to get to the pin. It's a very small U-shaped green. So a lot of guys uh, will take an iron off the tee, lay back, and hit a small wedge into a small target. Bryson takes driver off the tee on nine. Yesterday, carried the green. 334-yard hole. Carried the freaking green and hit, and hit it into the bunker in the middle of the view. Mm. There you go. Uh, Dustin Johnson doesn't do that. Can't do that. His length is I mean, potentially unprecedented right now. 
We'll get to the baseball story at some point uh, later this afternoon. I do want to go back and read some more of your texts on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395 is the number. When I get my disability check next month, I'm going to make a donation to the Colonel Reb Foundation. Okay. Shane and Ripley says, changing a flag is just part of it. you got to change people's hearts and minds to see a real difference. That's I don't right. disagree with that, Shane. But it is part of the process. Lance, texting in on his mobile. He says, I'm for the change and have been. It must be done and better be done, even if done only for sports. It's not going to occur for the right reasons, but at this point, who cares? I'll assure you I will not vote for any of my elected officials if they vote against the change. I'll admit, no regionals and supers. I'm ticked. Get it done now. In the conversation is, has shifted, a lot of people on the text line and where I've seen elsewhere are still getting lost in the idea of, I don't think it should go, I think it should go, you're wrong, I'm right, you're ignorant, whatever. They, they get into, into those weeds of whether or not the feeling is it should change and if people are being too sensitive and, and you don't need to change the flag because they're coming for something else. It, it, that, that's not the conversation anymore. What the NCAA did today and what they're going to continue to do is make it a decision now from a financial component. What, what they've done today is not you should change the flag because it's the right thing to do. Now it's you. people need to decide, the legislatures need to decide whether or not the losses that will come with keeping it are worth keeping it. That's the conversation now. Is is it is it worth keeping? Because you can argue until you're blue in the face that the NCAA is um, extorting the state of Mississippi. You can argue that forever, but that doesn't change the fact that they're doing it, and there's nothing you can do about it. So it's up to the legislatures and people involved to decide whether or not it's worth doing now because of the bombshell that the NCAA dropped today. Our feelings about it don't matter anymore. Now you have to decide if it's worth it to keep or not. And that's no different than any other business that decides it won't do business in the state of Mississippi because of the flag. And there are plenty of those kinds of businesses. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll take a quick time out. More of your text messages when we continue on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. We will be right back. I asked a question to someone that I talked to earlier today and was told that it's a question that had actually been brought up even this morning. And John in Oxford texts about it as well on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. So what can the legislature do? You know, it, it, obviously it can be put to a, a referendum, a ballot of initiative. And I was led to believe that it would be a year and a half before that was on the ballot, that it would not be this November, that it would be the following November. So you're talking about a year and a half before you even get to the point in which you could have a vote on the state flag. And that is, that's one option that's in play. The legislature could vote to change the flag to a particular model, you know, whether it's the Stennis flag or the Magnolia flag or some other design that's been floated. The legislature could choose to remove the current state flag 
and then put to a vote two or more options for Mississippians to vote on for the future flag. And I asked this question. I said, what about just abolishing the flag period for now? And then sometime next year or the year after, when things have cooled down a little bit, circle back to establishing a new flag. And John in Oxford texted something along those lines. He said, just to take the existing one down and announce that the flag will be taken down statewide, then in the next legislative session next year, they've got time to decide what to do. Makes sense. You don't have to have one. I mean, that is kind of the point of the conversation here is the vast majority of states in this country have one that is so unremarkable you couldn't pick it out of a lineup. And that's kind of the genesis of the issue is that this one is getting picked out of a lineup for all of the wrong reasons, and now it's going to directly cause tangible economic hardship. So you don't need one, and it gives yourself time to canvas some really good ideas. I I think the Stennis flag works because of the way you can use it. Uh, All of the colleges, high schools even, can apply their colors to the flag. I've seen that in South Carolina. It's really cool. There's merchandising opportunities that come with something that simple, but there's also other designs that are that simple where you could do the same thing. So it gives you the chance to take down the negative and gives you time to get the new one right. And really get the new one right with a good, thought-out process. If you take this down and then rush up a new one, that's still, to most people, the right thing to do. But it, it robs you of the opportunity to canvas some potentially really good ideas. And I have for a long time liked the Magnolia flag. I have for, oh, three or four years. Now, you guys have seen it on the front of my truck. I've got a Magnolia flag license plate. It was the original state flag of Mississippi. And some people say, well, you can't go to that because that was the flag that Mississippi had when they seceded from the Union. It's a white flag with red on one side and blue in the other, or in the cannon with the star. It's the, the Bonnie Blue symbol in the cannon. And it's got a magnolia tree, which is the state tree of Mississippi, or state flower of Mississippi. Maybe both. It's both. Yeah, tree and flower. I love that. But it's okay. Get a message that says, John Stennis was a segregationist in his early political career. At some point, facts matter. Yes, they do matter. It's not named after him. Facts do matter. It's called the Stennis flag because the granddaughter of John Stennis designed it. And has been on these stations that you're listening to before many times and is very against what her grandfather stood for. Facts do matter. Um, Caleb asked a question. He says, you know what changes that deadline? The deadline that I mentioned earlier of next Friday. He said a special session called by the governor. Which, based on what we've heard from the governor, I don't really anticipate. He goes on to say, any way you draw it up, it would require a new bill to remove the current flag, and I don't think bills are being accepted. Yeah, Caleb, that's what I was explaining earlier. For a new bill to be put into place at this juncture uh, would require a two-thirds majority of the Senate and the House uh, voting on a procedural move that would allow for a new bill to be adopted. Hmm. 
King Biscuit says a big fat no on a red and blue flag. <laughs> but here's the thing, man. This is what I'm talking about. So uh, I grew up in South Carolina. I haven't lived there in 10 years. But when you go to a Clemson game, you see the South Carolina flag in orange and pr- they'll, they'll throw some purple in there sometimes everywhere. They make it their own, and it's really cool. And you go to South Carolina games, and you see in both places the flag in its regular form, but at South Carolina, you see them in garnet or see them in black. And and it's customized all over the state. Citadel has their own customized one. Furman has purple ones. It, you can do that with a, a very simple, basic design. You can make it maroon and white and fly it over your tailgate and make alternate uniforms and have belts and wallets and T-shirts and all this stuff that, that is custom to Mississippi State that features the state flag of Mississippi on it. I've seen it where I grew up. It's really cool. You, you don't have to ever fly the red and blue version of it. Sorry, I'm trying to read through some of these text messages. That's all right. I do think it's important to remind people that, because I think this is getting lost, the NCAA today took postseason games away from you. That means no more regionals, no more super regionals, no more Mississippi State women putting 10,000 people on the hump to watch an NCAA tournament game. Delta State can't host a playoff game. Mississippi College can't host a playoff game. All of that has been taken away because of that flag. That happened today, a few hours ago. They are gone. Right. No more. They, they built Duty Noble and Swayze Field to host regionals, not to have Samford in on a weekend where it's one-eighth full. They built, some, built those stadiums to host regionals and have 15,000 people come into your town three times a weekend in the summer. That has been taken away. It's gone. Done. Gone. Right now, you have to pick a side. You're either a state fan, an Ole Miss fan, a Southern fan, or you're a flag fan. Those are the only two options. Yeah, you can't be both. You cannot be both anymore. All If you are an MSU fan... Your university, you heard your university's president come out against the flag today. Your athletic director, your coaches have come out against the flag. Same for Ole Miss, same for USM, so on and so forth. So you got to pick a side. Either you're a state fan or a flag fan. You're an Ole Miss fan or a flag fan. I mean, I'm just kind of expanding on what you're saying. Which do you love more? Postseason baseball at Swayze? Duty Noble, the Pete, or the flag? Oh, Richard, it's not that simple. No, it, no it's it, exactly it is that, that simple. simple now. The it NCAA made that it that simple, simple today. So you get to choose. I mean, if it comes to a vote anyway. And listen, fly I know the old there are a bunch of people. Fly the flag at your house. If you, if you love it that much, fly it at your house. Nobody will take that away from you. And... And I know there are a lot of people in the state of Mississippi. They go, no, I care more about the flag. Sports don't get to take precedent. The SEC is not going to tell us what to do. The NCAA is not going to tell us what to do. Uh, I got bad news for you. Yeah, they do. Did. Today. And yesterday. And I, I got... Let's circle back to the beginning. Kevin says, I bet stick to sports guys living. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> I think our first texter of the day said, I'm going to get this out of the way now. (laughs) Um, 
I lost my train of thought just for a second. Oh. What the SEC did was an opening salvo. It was a warning shot. It was a kick in the seat of the pants, but not a death blow. I mentioned this yesterday, and I'm sure some of you rolled your eyes. Hey, Dad, may have, I remember Hey, Dad got a little big-eyed when I said this at the end of the 4 o'clock hour yesterday. And I think it's what prompted him to send me the text that he sent after the show yesterday. And I stand by it. To the best of my knowledge, this conversation has not happened yet, but it will. If the state of Mississippi does not change its flag, Dr. Keenum may disagree with me. We talked with him earlier this afternoon. Dr. Boyce may disagree with me. We've not had a chance to speak with him. Tried to reach out, wasn't able to do it from a schedule standpoint. The other 12 presidents in the SEC who sat on that conference call yesterday as Greg Sankey explained to all of them that the state of Mississippi was no longer eligible to host SEC postseason competition. And they all signed off on it. They fired a warning shot. Those other 12 presidents, if the flag doesn't change, are eventually going to say to Mark Keenum and Glenn Boyce, go find another conference. You're not welcome here anymore. And I had somebody earlier today tell me that, oh, they're a charter member, I don't think you can expel them. I've been told that's not the case. Still working to figure out what the exact vote percentage necessary would be. Then I jump a partner with his trusty pellet gun. You probably know the ceasefire text line number by now, but if not, here it is. 601-879-4395. Reminder that at uh, five minutes after five o'clock, the Speaker of the House in the state of Mississippi, uh, Philip Gunn, will join us. And we will talk about the legislative process and what it looks like and whether it's accomplishable. Uh, in a short amount of time and kind of what the hurdles are and just kind of get his impression on uh, all that is going on right now. Text message, I grew up waving a rebel flag. It always meant to me Ole Miss football, never the Confederacy. My first game was homecoming 1965, but dang, let's change it and move on. I still have a small game flag in my shop. It still means Ole Miss to me, but let's move on. That's from Rick. Here's a, I got a tweet here I want to read, if you don't mind. And it wasn't tweeted to us. Sure. It just came across my timeline. But this is a, this is a point. Maybe this, will, maybe this will sink in for some people. A guy at work who was an MSU fan was telling me he felt the flag should remain the same. I asked him, would he ask Kylan Hill to carry the flag on the field running out of the tunnel? Suddenly a light switch came on and he saw the light. I mean, that's a good point. Would you ask Kylan Hill or Jerrion Ely to carry the Mississippi State flag out onto the field? No, absolutely not. And you no, know what their reaction would. would be if right. they were asked to do it. And Kylan Hill, I saw recently, was uh, a little outspoken about this on Twitter. Just said, hey, he doesn't want to see it anymore. Yeah. Got a message. It is preferable that the flag is changed because it is the right thing to do. But it is also okay to say to everyone that it is fine to be mildly disappointed, upset, or even furious over the pressure or perceived extortions of the SEC and NCAA. That's a normal human reaction. 
but never doubt that it is not a civil right for any college or university to be a member of the NCAA or the SEC. They have the right to punish you or even abolish their relationship with you. They will tell us to hit the road. That frames our choice, period. It's a message from Tim. And he's he's absolutely right. And it, I, I said this on a, a podcast this morning. It, I understand what Greg Sankey and the NCAA are doing. I, I really do understand. I get it. And if it leads to a change, then maybe it was the right thing for them to do. Uh, and this isn't whataboutism because I've been pretty clear I think it should change. But if you are going to stop hosting championship events in a state in which has a flag that has ties to the Confederacy, then you need to also apply your principles to the state of Georgia. That does need to happen. If you're going to go down this road, Mississippi is not in Georgia are not the only two states in SEC country that have flags that have that are rooted in Confederate imagery. Yes, I know the one on the Mississippi flag is more recognizable than the others. In fact, people are learning today that Georgia in 2001 took the Confederate flag, the same one that is on the Mississippi flag, and changed it to something that's probably worse. But they hid it in plain sight because they slapped a little seal on it and it's not as recognizable. But if you are going to apply that principle, if you're going to decide the commissioner of the SEC and the NCAA that a flag is a reason for us to take championship events away from you, then the SEC championship needs to move away from Atlanta. Because the flag that flies over the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia is the first flag of the Confederacy. It's hiding in plain sight. It's not as recognizable, but that's what it is. So if you're going to punish Mississippi, don't be selective. I know it's an easy target. Apply those principles to states. And it means more if you would apply it to Georgia because you have something to lose there. They make money in Atlanta, and that's probably why they're not getting the pressure today. That doesn't sit right with me. If you're going to attack Mississippi for a flag, attack Georgia for a flag that's also problematic. I don't like the, the selective enforcement of that kind of policy. I if you agree read the, with you. And I if, just don't think it's generally recognized as problematic. It's not, but I, I feel like it's going to be. It, it's starting to seem and like people right really understand where what Georgia did in 2001. They changed their flag and people praised them because they didn't know what they changed it to. And if you read the NCAA's policy, they say that Mississippi is the only state that applies under their policy. Chase Parham pointed this out on Twitter. Um, under their policy, Georgia applies as well. To the letter that they wrote, banning postseason events altogether from Mississippi, apply that principle to Georgia and there's no difference. So maybe they just didn't realize it either. But more people need to understand what's going on here and what flies over the State House of Georgia as well. So, so in, in what the NCAA said, where they said Confederate flag, and they said Mississippi is the only state that this applies to, that's actually not accurate. That is false. Hmm. Unless one little seal inside of the stars... But it is the original stars and bars. That's what flies over Georgia. All they did was slap their little state seal in the middle of that circle. That's the only difference. Hey, Dan, I, I don't know if you did or I did or together we did. Kind of boiled it down earlier. So I get that not everybody 
not everybody in the state of Mississippi is a fan of Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Southern Miss or Delta State or any of the other schools. Some people just aren't sports fans, period. Yeah. Just don't care. Like there was somebody, I think it was uh, Johnny that texted us earlier, said, I don't give a damn if they ever play another game. Fair enough. Odd that you're listening the, the, to a ma- mainly sports talk show, I, but go ahead. I, 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 I did. I thought that was interesting, but nevertheless. But for those of us who are sports fans and are college baseball fans or just fans of our universities doing well and being part of exciting things, at its most basic level, this has become really, really simple. Do you want a different state flag? Or at the very least, want this state flag removed? Or do you want to be able to watch postseason events on your campus? Do you want to be able to watch the next edition of Elijah McNamee hitting an unbelievable swan song home run Do you want to be able to watch Burke Masters hit the Grand Slam that will live on forever? Do you want to be able to watch a pitching gym by Drew Pomerantz where he strikes out 16 on two days rest on a Monday night against Western Kentucky to help advance to a a super regional in front of 10,000 people? Do you want to be able to watch whoever the next star is for Mississippi State women's basketball play at home in the first two games of the NCAA women's basketball tournament in front of 10,000 people at Humphrey Coliseum? If the answer to any of those questions is yes, do you want to be able to watch Southern Miss capture more of that Pete Taylor magic? Do you want to see Delta State win a regional in Cleveland to advance to the Division II World Series? in Texas or Oklahoma or Kansas or wherever it's played? If the answer to any of those questions is yes, then you want the flag changed. If the answer is, I don't care. I don't care if I ever see Elijah McNamee or Jake Mangum do their thing on the baseball field again or whoever the future version of those guys is. I don't care if I ever see Stephen Head dazzle in a postseason game. then, okay. But it's that simple. I mean, it's not that simple, but it kind of is that simple now. And you can disagree with that process, but that's what it is. Hey, Dad, would Mississippi State have spent $60 million on a baseball stadium if they felt like they could never again host a postseason game? Absolutely not. Borky, would Ole Miss have spent over the course of the last two renovations $38 million in baseball stadium expansions if they could never again host a postseason game? People would still be sitting on a hill right next to Old Taylor Road watching the game from there. With the back two legs of their chairs cut off so they don't go tumbling down the hill That's face right. first. What's so funny about this is so many people, i got to be quick here, will, if Ole Miss says jump, 
99.9% of Ole Miss fans will say how high. And the same thing for Mississippi State fans and Southern fans. But your universities have come out against this flag, and you're so, I don't know. Pick a side. Derek and Greenwood, I don't care if the flag has SpongeBob SquarePants on it. The way this is being forced by outside sources is the issue. If the SEC can make a state change its flag by threats, what can the SEC do next? How long will Ole Miss get to be called the Rebels? How is changing the flag making Mississippi less racist? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Friday afternoon. Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, will join us in about 12 minutes as we begin the 5 o'clock hour. I'll let you guess the topic. Hey, quick update on uh, Major League Baseball. Say what? Baseball's return to play? Funny you say that. They haven't gotten very far yet either. Uh, they still don't have a deal. Rob Manfred almost immediately rejected the 70-game proposal and the split of the postseason, new postseason revenue starting next year. Uh, so there's that. Looks like maybe we're trending more toward the commissioner just setting a season and saying, y'all come. Which is what a week ago the Major League Baseball players said to the commissioner. Tell us when to show up for work, when the season starts, and how many games. We'll see you then. And on top of that, five Phillies players who had been training at the team's facility in Clearwater, Florida, have tested positive for coronavirus. In addition to the five players, three staff members have tested positive. The identities of those infected is not known. A significant number of team personnel are awaiting test results, so it's possible the outbreak could worsen. Of course, you also could write that story where you said... It's possible the outbreak won't get any worse. But why would you look at things with a glass-half-full approach? Philly Spring Training Complex... By the way, it's an NBCSports.com story. Philly Spring Training Complex in Clearwater has been closed for the time being. Quote, the first confirmed case occurred this past Tuesday, June 16th. In addition, eight staff members have tested positive for the virus. While 12 staff members and 20 players living in the Clearwater area are in the process of being tested and are awaiting the results of those tests. Oh, by the way, unrelated but not really, 23 Clemson football players test positive. Really? 23 of them. Hmm. My guess is all 23 of them get better in a couple of weeks. Uh, no hospitalizations, mostly uh, fully asymptomatic. Let's hope it stays that way. It's gonna, again, you know, we can't be overly surprised. Now, that's a big number. I'll, I'll say that. 
23 is a lot. That's a, that's a quarter of your scholarship players. but Or better than a quarter, actually. But players are going to contest positive. It's just, it's just the way that it is. Yeah. It's going to happen. And for the most part, the way schools have been handling has made a whole lot of sense. And you also got news today that uh, Stanford and UCLA are joining... Uh, or Stanford joins UCLA as a California Power 5 school announcing return to on-campus workouts for football players. Speaking, did you see what UCLA players did? No. According to the LA Times, UCLA football players are demanding a third-party health official be on hand for all football activities to see that their protocols are being followed because they don't trust Chip Kelly and his program to act in their best interest. It's not a great look. No, not at all. And you He's remember doing the uh, six a.m. or five a.m. practices like he did at Oregon. UCLA's quarterback has come out on Twitter and said things were taken out of context and they don't have any problems with co- with co- with Chip Kelly. But you never know with these things. Hey, you want a uh, golf is hard story? And there's a difference between those of us who enjoy the game and play once a week, once every two weeks, twice a week, once a month, and the guys that are really, really good at it. You remember Braden Thornberry, right? Yeah. Individual national champion, former Ole Miss golfer from the state of Mississippi. He is tied for eighth at the King and Bear Classic at the World Golf Village. That's in St. Petersburg, Florida. Through three rounds, he is... 17 under par. He has shot 68, 67, 64, and is eight shots behind the leader. (laughs) Vince India threw three rounds. I don't care if it's a putt-putt course. Is 25 (laughs) under par. He shot 63, 66, 62. Through three rounds. If he goes low again, you could have the winning score of 32 under, 33, 34 under par. That is insane. I don't think you'll be seeing a PGA Tour event coming to the King and Bear Classic Golf Course at World Golf Village anytime soon. Yeah, but the the accountant that plays a few times a week that sometimes breaks 80 says, if I had 10 hours a day, I could be a PGA Tour player too. Well, that accountant should just go play at this course. You might <laughs> shoot a career round. Probably wouldn't shoot 63, 66, 62 in consecutive rounds. But you still might have some good results. Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, will join us when we begin the 5 o'clock hour. That will be for the College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. We'll take a quick timeout. Be back with you after the news on this Friday. Conference yesterday and the NCAA this morning, at least as we look at things from a, a sports perspective, what can you tell us about kind of what's going on uh, in the legislature with regard to all that we're talking about? Well, thank you, Richard. It's good to be with you, and thank you so much for having me on. Um, well, as we talked, as I've been talking for years, I, I've been in the, the camp that believes our, our state flag uh, 
is is not a unifying symbol. I think we can do better as a state. I think we can find something that all of our people can rally behind. I think our flag uh, uh, portrays a negative image and has for some time. And that is seeming to uh, to come home to roost now. We have seen the United States Marine Corps vote to uh, uh, ban the use of uh, the Confederate battle emblem. Uh, NASCAR has voted to take it down. The Southern Baptist Convention has voted not to use it. Um, and, and so we're beginning to see a wave against, a wave of, of negativity, I guess, against this emblem. But uh, when the NCAA weighed in and the SEC weighed in, it kind of raised the stakes a little bit. I, I, I made a comment today, I don't know if it's completely accurate or not, but I, I'm not aware of any hurt that has come to our state thus far because of the use of the flag. But now with this, we are beginning to feel some pain. Now we are seeing a decision by the NCAA and the SEC to not allow uh, any postseason championships to take place in the state of Mississippi. Now that that is a game changer to me. That is now we're beginning to see uh, adverse impacts of this on our student athletes. We have athletes who play for that. That's what you play the whole season for, is to play for that championship at the end. And so now we've got a situation where these student athletes will not be allowed to do that on their home turf, so to speak, uh, here in the state. Obvious impact is for baseball regionals. We have, uh, we've been very fortunate in our state's history to have Ole Miss State and Southern Miss all host baseball regionals. And for anybody who's been to that event, it is a fantastic, fun family event. This decision, as I understand it, prohibits that. So now all of our teams who are able to make the postseason have to go elsewhere to play their games. Now, that impacts revenue. That impacts those towns. That impacts the uh, the, the, the memories of those student-athletes. Uh, it impacts recruiting. Now, you know good and well the competition is going to use that as a recruiting tool against our NCAA schools to uh, get those athletes to go elsewhere rather than come here. I think it impacts recruiting of students, not just student athletes, but students. I think uh, it impacts business. you got uh, a business that's competing, trying to – you got states that are competing for a business, and they're going to decide which state they want to go to. You know good and well another state is going to use that to their advantage to argue against it. So I, I make all those points to say – I think we're beginning to see some harm occur here and we're beginning to feel some pain and this may just be the first step this this is a this is a shot across the bow to say y'all need to wake up and pay attention and um, i for one believe it's time to, to make that change i think it's for the betterment of our state and so that's that's my position Mr. Speaker, I'm curious how you balance. You know, there there are a lot of people, including the governor, who have said we need to put this to a vote of the people and and allow Mississippians to make the decision as to whether or not there's a flag change. We've done that previously uh, back in in the year 2000, and here we are 20 years later, uh, kind of going through the same thing again. How do you balance that with the fact that the legislature does have the power to make this change, and there are people that say? Uh, okay, y yes, vote of people is one way to do it, but we elect officials to make decisions that benefit the entire state of Mississippi, and you need to do this through through the legislative process. How do you balance which one of those two is the right way to go? 
Well, it's a very difficult balance, uh, and, and I tell people all the time who are not familiar with the legislative process, the legislature operates on votes. you got to have the votes. you got to have a majority of the votes to do anything. We can't, we can't pass Father's Day if we don't have the votes. And I don't care how meritorious or, or wonderful your idea may be, if you don't have the votes to pass it, it just doesn't happen. And so um, a lot of people find, find that frustrating, but that is the way our founders created the system. Uh, we are a representative government. People do elect their representatives to go down there and speak on their behalf. For me personally, I don't have a problem with the legislature making that vote. I think uh, we are leaders. If, we, if we're going to be leaders, let's lead. And this is a situation where I think uh, the, the welfare of our state hangs in the balance. And um, I, don't, I don't mean to over-dramatize that, but we are beginning to see, as I said, pain, punishment, consequences, if you will, result from this. And as leaders, it is our job to do what is in the best interest of our state. And for me, the best interest of our state is to take this vote. I don't have a problem taking this vote. Uh, I wish more of my colleagues felt this way. Uh, however, do you think you have the votes to do it now? Well, at this stage of this particular session, we're at a point uh, we operate by deadlines, and this is probably more than people care to hear, but we do have deadlines to, to do certain things. And the deadline to pass a bill of this nature was back in February. And then we had the pandemic hit, and we took a two month hiatus, and now we're back. In order to get a bill like this before the legislature, it's would require a two-thirds vote to suspend the rules. That's a high bar to reach. Um, I, I, I think we could probably achieve that with uh, a, a referendum. I think if we allowed the people to vote on it, we might be able to get the votes to do that. I don't know. I haven't, haven't uh, gotten to that point. But I do know that some legislators are more receptive to voting uh, in that way than to vote to change it. But... Um, a lot of that's just going to hinge on their their willingness to to cast that vote or not. I will tell you, I've got a lot of legislators who are willing to cast that vote. I don't think that's wrong. That is our system. That's the way our founders made it. It's a representative form of government. It is not against the law to do that. It is the law, in fact. That's what we are supposed to do. I think it's passing the buck, but if that's what it takes to get the vote, then that's the way it has to be. Let me ask you this. If if we were to go through that process, let's say you get the, the two-thirds majority necessary to create the referendum where this becomes a ballot initiative, two questions here. Number one, when would it be on the ballot? Would it be this November or would be we be a year from November? And then question number two, are we in a worse place than we are right now if this goes to a vote and it does not pass? To answer your second question, yes. If, if this goes to a vote and the current flag wins, you are another. I mean, I can't tell you how many people are telling me, oh, we voted on this back in 2001. That's 20 years ago. Are we bound forever by that vote that occurred 20 years ago? Are we, do we only get one opportunity to have that discussion? That seems to be the position of many people. I think that is, uh, as you know, an entire generation has has died and another entire generation has come onto the scene in that period of time so uh just don't think we are we are bound by that vote forever many people would love for us to just stay right there and never have this discussion again 
So I do think if it goes to a vote and the current flag wins, then we are another 10, 15, 20 years having another vote. And I don't think that's healthy. We, we see now with the NCAA's actions today that uh, consequences occur from that. We can also consider the fact that the federal government may step in and start withholding some funds. Mississippi is the most one of the most dependent states on federal dollars. If the federal government decides they want it to change and they start withholding money, there's going to be further financial consequence. It's just a reality. Uh, it's not a not a threat. It's just the realities of 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 the vote. Uh, and I, now, I don't mean to cut you on, off, but it, but could we? Could it be, just short on time, could it be on the ballot this November? It could be on the ballot whenever the legislature decides to put it there. So if, if the legislature decided to put it on the ballot this November, it could be. Uh, that is a rather hurried and quick time frame in which to do that. We were trying to finish up the session in another week. I don't know that we have time to, to contemplate all that and do it in, in the right way to get it on the ballot in November. I would say most likely would be next year at the earliest, but that's just my opinion. Speaker Gunn, we're we're out of time. I certainly appreciate you making a few minutes for us on this Friday afternoon and appreciate your leadership. Well, thank you so much for having me. Enjoy being with you. That's Speaker Philip Gunn of the Mississippi House of Representatives. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Appreciate Speaker Philip Gunn making time for us on this Friday afternoon. I would love to say. Now, now listen, there are many of you, and this isn't wrong, many of you are going to be encouraged by what you heard from Speaker Gunn that do not want to see the flag changed. I want to see the flag changed. And I wanted to be encouraged by what Speaker Gunn had to say, and I'm not. What's Mississippi no, State think, going to be ranked preseason in baseball next year? I think State and Ole Miss are probably both potential top 15 teams, maybe even higher. I think Ole Miss is probably a top five preseason team next year. Could very well be. In women's basketball, Mississippi State will be a top, top, top five team preseason. But if you're going to want me to cover those games in the postseason, you're going to have to send me on the road. I'm so sick of the what's next thing. I'm so sick of it because I I hear you. It's and painful. I, and and I, I agree with you to a point. I, I really do because there is a columnist um, in Chicago, whatever the newspaper is there. Sometimes, isn't that what it is? doesn't matter. Uh, wrote that the Texas Rangers need to change their name because the Texas Rangers, the old police force, did some problematic things in the past. Like, that, that is just too far and ridiculous. And just shut up. Like, you're just virtue signaling. You don't really care. Stop. Like, uh, there, there's a line. There's a clearly defined line that you can approach. When people say, what's next, this unrelated thing? No. You can appropriately dig in at some point. If this is the point for you, that's fine. I hear you. But if you say, I'm for changing the flag, but I don't want it to happen because what's next, that that's nonsense. There is merit to the slippery slope argument. Absolutely there is. And there are people, no matter what Mississippi does, are going to keep poking. 
They're going to find something new. They're, they're going to keep poking. When the flag changes, it's going to be county names, and it's going to be reservoir names. People are going to keep poking forever. So you can dig in your heels at some point and say, enough is enough when it's gone too far. But is the state flag where you're willing to plant your heels and say, this is enough? And if that answer is yes, good on you. But when you have everybody that has a stake here, because this is a sports show at Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss, everybody, Keith Carter, John Cohen, Jeremy McClain, every coach, football, basketball, baseball, everybody at every level, university presidents included, that have dug in and said this needs to be done, that's not them being weak. That's not them caving to the liberal mob. Of all of the baseball coaches and football coaches and basketball coaches and university administrators in this state, the, the amount of them that are liberal is very, very small. It, that's not what they're doing. They're choosing to, to take an issue that can help their cause and help their university and help their local economies they are not going to just keep caving. The SEC is not coming for God next. That's not happening. At some point, you do have to dig in your heels. I agree with that. They've decided that this isn't that issue. So when you go to, well, what's next? They're going to say you can't pray anymore? That, that's nonsense. That's not what's happening here. That's not what Philip Gunn is doing here. That's not... That's not a counter-argument that's done in good faith. Because you can dig your heels in. And especially in a state, a conservative state like this one, this kind of thing isn't going to happen for every ridiculous claim that people make, like changing the name of the Texas Rangers. That's not going to happen. Caleb says there's a line between something being downright wrong and should be changed and something being tacky that should be ignored. Absolutely. 150%. That is a, a sh much more eloquent and shorter way to put what I just said. Absolutely. There is a line. And you don't don't you shouldn't let people cross it. But are you willing to have this be the line that you don't cross? That's up for this If I, if I see the words what about one more time, I'm going to pluck my own eyeballs out, I think. I, I can't take much more of it. What about hey, what, who cares what in about? In 3 Two, yeah, one. <laughs> James in this Hattiesburg says, "Borky, I love you. We usually agree. I'm 100 percent for changing the flag, but we're getting off the appeasement exit. I know it's a long way, but look at how Neville Chamberlain handled handled Germany one step at a time, and then we are down a long road." It, it, I guess. Look, <laughs> was that the what about you were looking for? Hey, Dad. It, you I mean, boys I, have a good weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit the door here. My God. Look, and I, that, I guess that's possible, but that's why you continue to run and elect and vote on people that you don't suspect are going to do that. I truly do not believe that Glenn Boyce is going to cave to the liberal mob on everything they come after. I don't believe that's going to happen. doesn't strike me as that kind of a person. I don't think that's going to happen at Mississippi State either. If there's anything problematic that comes up, if it is... Not something that actually affects them, that's just one group trying to be ridiculous, then I don't think he's going to cave. For example, there was a group that went after Clemson football years ago because, and they went after Ole Miss too, if you remember, because both of their coaches 
talked about God and, and Jesus in prayer within their programs. And this group sued, I believe, both football programs, or at least they talked about it, and they were trying to get the coaches to stop doing that because it's a public university and you shouldn't be allowed to pray. Guess what Ole Miss and Clemson did? Nothing. Because this group, this extremist group over here that is, is trying to stir crap up, what they're doing and what they're saying isn't really offensive to anybody at all. Nobody cares. Go away. That's what happened at Ole Miss and at Clemson with this group. If another group comes along and tries to say, you know what? Mississippi State shouldn't have a Bulldog mascot. PETA tried to do it, remember? Recently. Because How'd that turn out? Yeah, how'd that Last turn I out? Last I checked, that, that Bulldog is still, still on the sideline. So when it comes to something that is ridiculous and unfounded, it's not going to happen. I promise you it's not going to happen. And if you think this is that, then, then okay. We will disagree there. But I do believe that you can elect people that can lead and do what's right. And in this case, Philip Gunn, for example, who was just on, thinks that the flag change is the right thing to do. But I do not believe that the guy we just heard from is one that's going to cave to the, quote, liberal mob on every issue. I don't believe that at all. And you should feel confident that that's not going to happen with somebody like him. Even if you hate him and disagree with him, he's not going to do that. I promise. Keep electing people like him. That's not going to happen. Dean says, I'm opposed to changing the flag. However, I also understand and realize that it will be changed at some point. So why don't we just all get together and work on something where we actually have a say in it versus something unpalatable that is shoved down our throat? Thanks for the text, Dean. I, I got to be honest. I'm having. Look, you, you can tell me that sports aren't the biggest thing. They're not the only thing. They're not the most important thing. You're right. Family's more important. There are lots of things that are, are more important. But I would say a majority of the people that listen to this show and I know some of you are frustrated with this conversation I know Haydad's frustrated with the conversation but I, I mean what else do we talk about right now I mean the Bundesliga so, I'm talking on the text line with one of our listeners about Man, Man U and uh, Tottenham earlier today yeah I, I understand I love sports it's the reason I've chosen the career path that, that I have chosen feel fortunate every single day to get to do what I do for a living. And I got to just I got to be just completely honest with you. I'm really str- and on top of that, you know that I'm college baseball guy. Always have been, I think I always will be. It like I'm having a really hard time wrapping my mind around the idea that it is more likely than not that both Ole Miss and Mississippi State will be in a position to, at minimum, host a regional and, at best, be a top-eight seed next year in college baseball. And will not, despite both being in the top five nationally in attendance and having inarguably two of the best four or five, maybe two of the best three college baseball atmospheres in the entire country. 
I say two of the best four. Regardless of what they do on the field next year, as we sit here on June 19th of 2020, thinking ahead to end of May, beginning of June 2021, it is more likely than not at this point that regardless of what they do during the regular season on the field, they will not be eligible to host an NCAA regional in baseball next year. That hurts. What you got? I'm open for whatever. Put anything on the grill this weekend? It's Father's Day. What are you putting on the grill? See, I don't buy into that. Father's Day is a day for to be cooked for, not to cook yourself. Have I'm you cooking on Saturday, but I'm... Do what? Yes, I have. Hey, what, what was the meal request? I requested breakfast and dinner. Uh, I requested uh, a breakfast with some French toast, which is my favorite, and uh, some uh, various meats. And then uh, for dinner, various I was actually... Meats. Bacon and yeah, sausage? I, I, oh, yeah. Are we going bacon, sausage, and ham? Bacon and smoked sausage, and I, there may be some regular breakfast sausage in there, too. Hmm? Okay. I'm not really sure what's for dinner. I just said something something Cajun, something Creole. Surprised me. Okay. We know it's not so going to be shrimp, one. though, if your wife's preparing it. Right, right. It'll be some sort of chicken and sausage, and that's fine. Okay. So I'm cooking on Saturday like I normally do. I'm not. I'm not. But Sunday, no. Sunday, I'm going to eat. Cook, what are you cooking on Saturday? Uh, I'm going to do I'm gonna do double duty here. I'm going to break out the crock pot. I'm going to do some uh, roast beef debris po'boys. So that's going to cook for about eight hours in the crock pot. But on the mm-hmm. grill, I'm going to do some wings and some uh, some smoked sausage. There you go. I like it. I got a lot going on. Borky, your first Father's Day. Yeah. Actually, really excited for this. Why? Because you think you're getting a present? Uh, no, I, I guess in a weird way, it it actually means something. I mean, with all due respect to my dad, my dad's very much like me, and when it's a day about him, he doesn't care. He doesn't want special attention. I, I got it from him. But it's just. I don't know. This day, it's finally a day that I feel like I can appreciate since I've been so anti-birthday and stuff like that for so long that for some reason with my son, it's kind of softened me up a little bit. Did, did either of you have, like your wife or kids, d- daughters in your case, hey, Dad, I guess uh, little... Uh, Jimmy Dick Borky probably couldn't ask the question yet, but uh, like, yet. hey, you got any uh, any any ideas for uh, a happy that we could get for you? Did you get um, that question? I, I I know that I have a gift because the other day I uh, I made some comment. There was a package, and I was like, oh great, another day, another package. And my, and my wife was like, that's your Father's Day gift. I can send it back. Huh? Uh, <laughs> so I got something coming, but I was not asked in, anything in particular. I've dropped some hints. Some various uh, barbecue uh, toys I would like to have, so maybe maybe that's what the maybe that's what I got. There you go. How about you, Bort? Haven't requested a menu or anything, but um, you need to do this. It's it's Friday. I, I know she's apparently. You got, get one got a day, surprise Borky. coming. I, I don't know. Okay, 
Um, if she's got something coming, that's fine. But you get one day, Borky. Take advantage of it. Yeah. And I'm finally actually going to get around to uh, smoking my brisket this weekend. And I have ordered a dehumidifier, or not a dehumidifier, a, uh, a dehydrator. And I'm going to start making my own beef jerky. Oh, now we're talking. See these coronavirus projects. I, I'm I'm helping myself here. This has been kind of nice, but uh, they're not that expensive either, and the process is really easy. So you can be lazy and feel like you accomplished something. Uh, let's see here. Elite Beverage Solutions. Hey, Dad, suggests that you need some crawfish etouffee. I would. I could do that, but I would probably be a single dad by the end of the meal. Ooh, a widower at that point. Uh, let's see here. David says he's going to the Scarlet Pearl Casino for fun golf with his 10-year-old. Oh, it looks like, uh, like mini like mini golf. golf? Where is the Scarlet like Pearl Casino? Is it in, don't tell me coast. it's in Pearl. Okay. No, no, so. I think it's on the coast. Isn't, that's the, uh, that's the place that took Mattress Max bet. Like the big one that he oh, made. Oh, yeah. Well, then they should have a lot of new facilities because they made some money on that deal. Derek in Greenwood sends us a picture, says, this is my present. He sends us a picture of a, uh, looks like a 150 dirt bike. Ooh. That's cool. Very cool. Um, I was asked for suggestions, and I'm, I'm generally bad at that because if I see something I want, I just... Tend to kind of get it at some point. Just go ahead and nail it, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did offer up the suggestion of a rangefinder. Borky, I don't know how I've played golf for as long as I have. Maybe it's because it's not regular or it hasn't been regular when I've played. Um, but I don't have a rangefinder. And so I drop a hint with a link that could be clicked on to order it if someone was so inclined. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. A good rangefinder will last you forever, too. I'm kind of that what a caddy's it. for. Yeah, but I don't have that hate ad kind of money. <laughs> I'll come caddy for you sometime. You make okay. sure you got some beer in the cooler. Are you going to carry that also, or do you just mean you're willing to drive the cart? I'll drive the cart, read the greens, gauge the distance, and drink the beer. Hey, Dad. Generally speaking, caddies walk and carry the bag. This is this is 2020, and they walk off the yardage, and they have to go to the course a few days before to map out everything, and they literally like draw pictures. He's not playing in a tournament here. We're just (laughs) have to have some fun. You guys are always saying, "Hey, Dad, you should go outside." I offer to come and play golf, and now you're 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 hurting on me. Oh, I've just told you how to be an effective caddy. You know, you you want you want your your player to play his best, right? That's true. Uh. Here's a mess. I'm not sure who this is. Uh, I think this is from Gil. He says, here is my Father's Day gift for my dad. Ping pong table. Nice. That's nice. Sweet. Very nice. I think fills up the uh, whole bed of your truck, it appears, also. We had a ping pong table at uh, my house off campus my sophomore year that lasted to its second football weekend. Somebody sat on it or jumped on it? Uh, No, somebody got suplexed through it. (laughs) We we lived in this lived in this house that was a it was a U shape. That's a very 
That's very vague. Vertical suplex, German suplex, oh. Northern Lights. What are we going with? So that? I don't really know for sure, but the the guy got picked up like by his waist. The, the guy that picked him up stood up and then dropped him on the ping pong table. So it's more of a spine buster, but okay, uh, a, a spine buster, if you will. So we had this house that was that was a U shape and had a courtyard, a cemented. We call it a courtyard, but it was just a beat up old house in the middle. And we get back from the bar, and somehow, for some stupid reason, we invited 50-ish people back to the house after the bar's closed. And so we thought it would be a really good idea to get everybody to circle around the ping-pong table in the courtyard and watch as two of my roommates did wrestling moves on each other, and the finishing one was the spine buster through the ping-pong table. That's great. We hung it up in our spare room as like a trophy. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, I I'm not sure exactly what the uh, weekend plans are looking like in and about the cross household. I I, I think uh, Friday night is front yard movie night. I think it's going to be Swiss Family Robinson tonight. Huge fan of that movie. Hmm. You want to talk about a movie that has stood the test of time? I love that movie when I was six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and my kids do too. Why did you just kind of, eh, over Swiss Family Robinson? No, I was like, eh. It was more, eh. They got zebras and tigers and somebody rides an ostrich? By the way, Scarlet Pearl and Iberville. Yeah, I found that out. It's in there reading the uh, yeah. thing. Oh, wait, Probably... Patrick Mas- Mac did lose that bet, didn't he? So they, uh... Yeah, he bet on the Astros. Got a nice they, little they should, boost they should there. Be, they should have a lot of money. Probably late tomorrow. I was just going to tell you, so, so uh, my kids, um, so Abe Montgomery did like a little tennis camp this week, and Obi did a golf camp, and I don't know if he's as eat up with it as I am, but mm-hmm. he seems to like it, and is like, hey, can we go to the golf course? This is, See, Borky, part of my hesitation in playing golf much since we've had kids has been... I'm gone a lot anyway. Feels kind of selfish to be like, yeah, I need five hours on a, or four or five hours, whatever, on a whatever day in the afternoon or on the weekend when I happen to be around. I'll see you guys later. But feels like a bit of a game changer when my little guy's like, hey, Dad, can we go to the golf course? Well, yes. That's yes, a good we thing. can. Yes, we can. You also haven't You're really up for been 36, old. buddy. <laughs> Can I squeeze uh, 44 or 45? It's uh, an additional nine. Aggressive. I've done pretty it. Aggressive. Not good on the hands, though. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming with you at supertalk.fm.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.